So we're in the middle of a global pandemic. It seems like the world has shut down and every single day seems almost the same. But you're a podcaster. What should you be doing with your podcast during the coronavirus crisis? That's what we're talking about today. So the real question is this. How can podcasters like us who've done the work, built a following, and actually made a difference monetize our podcast without selling out to sponsors who don't really value our community anyway? That is the question, and this is the answer. Welcome to Podcast Monetization Secrets. Hey there, it's Christy, and welcome back to Podcast Monetization Secrets. And today, yeah, we're going to be talking about some of the elephant in the room conversations that we need to have. Now, we're in the middle of the global pandemic, and I'll be honest with you, I have been recording podcast content for Podcast Monetization Secrets for months now. And it got to a point where I felt like I needed to go ahead and launch, but I need to also address the elephant in the room. And the elephant in the room is that we're in the middle of a global pandemic. What am I doing with my podcast and what should you be doing with it? And if I ignored all of the current events that are going on and launched with the content I'd previously recorded, which is evergreen, and this content is not evergreen because we're not always going to be in the pandemic, then um, I feel like I would be missing the point. And the point is to provide value and to provide some resources and some structure for you so that you know where to go with your podcast. Now, at this point, my business uh, produces about 300, 350 podcast episodes per month. And what we have seen over the last, I guess this started essentially sort of the beginning of March, and we're now heading into the end of April, beginning of May. And in this last, let's just call it two months, I have seen a couple of different reactions. They basically fall into two camps. And it's either the podcasts that are completely shutting down and they are fleeing the space because they're scared. Now, those types of people in that camp fall into two categories. They're either people who have not monetized their podcast yet, or they are people who monetized, but the only way they monetized was through sponsorships. And all of those sponsors have gotten scared and they've pulled marketing money. They've pulled their sponsorships. They are no longer uh, continuing their contracts to give advertising and sponsorship money to those podcasts. So that's one group. And those are the people that are sort of uh, backpedaling. They're stepping back away from what their mission was and what they're trying to do. Or instead of using companies like mine, where they outsource their podcast production work, they're actually having to go back and do it all themselves again, which they found is not the best use of their time whenever it was a different way to make money through sponsorships. But now there's no money to be made. So if they keep the podcast going, they're doing all the work themselves. The other camp are the podcasters who are doubling down on building their community and serving their community, and they are stepping up in a huge way to serve their audiences. And it doesn't really matter what niche it is. 
we've seen it across niches because things are shifting right now. And it's sort of a, you know, moment by moment, play by play of what works, what is valid, and what are the ways you can serve your audience. And the information you had two weeks ago might be different than the information you have today. So what we're seeing is a lot of those people are rushing out bonus episodes. They are rushing out additional episodes. They might have even ramped up the frequency of their podcasts just so that they can keep the finger on the pulse of everything that's going on in the business world with these let's just say it, unprecedented times. So we're going to talk about today, what should you be doing with your podcast and some of the considerations that you need to take into account whenever you decide how you're going to proceed. Obviously, there are a lot of, let me just call them qualifying questions that we should, you know, ask ourselves and we should know before you just rush into making your decision. Because There's not a blanket answer for every single person and no one solution is right for everyone. But the question, first main qualifying question is, have you already monetized your show? So in most of my language and my vernacular, when I am talking about have you monetized your podcast, I am not really talking about sponsorships. I'm talking about monetizing through your business, through your courses, through providing products and services that meet the needs of your listeners. So I'm talking about you monetizing your podcast in that way. And if the answer to that question is yes, you have, you have books, you have courses, you have programs, you have things that you can sell to podcast listeners, then yes, you need to consider figuring out ways to get the most impactful content to your audience in any way possible. Maybe it is taking a very high ticket offer or program or service that you had, and maybe it's reducing the price so that it is a no-brainer that people can get that information and thereby go out and change their lives with it. Maybe it's actually taking the time to make a more automated or a low-touch version of some of your high-ticket items so that you're not necessarily giving the same exact value as you would if people were paying thousands of dollars versus hundreds of dollars, but maybe you've just scaled it down to say, you know what, for those of you that have more time than money now, here it is, take it, learn from what I've done, and run with it. So it's perfectly okay and we're going to talk about the elephant in the room in a minute, to continue to sell on your podcast. I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to put it out there. You have to. And we'll talk a few minutes about more ways to do that and a little bit of the psychology behind that. But here's the other thing. If you have not monetized your show yet, do you hate money? Do you not want to monetize your show? What are you waiting for? By now, you should have read the handwriting on the wall. And the handwriting on the wall for you has probably been that it is more important than ever for you to have part of your business online. It is a way to sort of recession-proof, crisis-proof, whatever you want to call it, to have a good portion of your business online. So if you have not monetized your show It is time now to fast track all of the plans that you've said, 
Later, when I feel like my audience is big big enough or when I feel like the time is right, that's whenever I will figure out a way to monetize this. For many people right now, your audience is going to respond to group coaching programs. Maybe it's more of a support group, but having a low-priced offer that many, many people take advantage of and get, you know, whether it's they get a daily text from you that gives them encouragement or just a word or a thought about your, you know, niche, whatever they need for that day. Maybe it's just a quick affirmation. Maybe it's where you actually get in a Zoom room with all the people and you're talking to them and sharing and giving ideas and resources. People will pay for this kind of support. Maybe it is creating courses and webinars and other things. Maybe you have a book <laughs> there. I read someone yesterday uh, saying that that um, they had been working on like their book number three. And when the pandemic came along, they realized that what their audience needs right now is not book number three that they were planning on writing, but a completely new book with a completely different set of resources and tools and that sort of thing. So they were basically taking the month of April to write the book and sort of crash the presses and they put their normal book number three that they were writing on hold in order to respond. Maybe you're in that situation too. So anything that you can create for your audience to serve them at a higher level Do not be afraid to productize that and make it a formal program or service that you offer and that you actually get paid to do, because that is the only way you can make it sustainable. So let's talk about the elephant in the room. I've already alluded to it. I've already pet the elephant, talked to the elephant directly in the face. But should you really be selling things during a global pandemic when people are out of work? What kind of monster does that? Well, let me tell you, it's very interesting that we all have so many things that drive our beliefs about money. But let me just say that for many, many podcasters, especially the people that got into the space because they have a mission, because they have a a service or a, a offering that they want to provide to the world, many of the reason people are podcasting is because they have personal experience being the you know, victim of uh, domestic violence or suffering from infertility in their marriage or whatever those things are in, in the niches that they're serving, that they have a mission and a story and a, a sort of a global pause, a rallying cry that they're putting out there. And that's why they started podcasting. They're terrible marketers. And so they're going to get stuck in free content creation mode if they don't figure out the marketing piece of it. But Why would you be selling during a global pandemic? People are out of work. People don't have money to spend. Listen, it is time for you as a podcaster to get rid of your money blocks. It will, these are things that affected you before coronavirus ever came along. That limiting belief and money block that you have is going to affect you long after corona is gone as well. So it is time for you to look that beast in the eye and address it head on. And let me give you a couple of thoughts that you might want to think about, because for some reason, we've built up this sales resistance or this, you know, oh, I don't want to seem too salesy. And I hear it all the time. And what you're saying is that you don't like to be sold. And I understand that I don't like to feel like I'm being sold either. 
but it's more in a sense. I don't mind being convinced I need to purchase something or that a purchase is right for me. What I don't want is I don't want to be taken advantage of. I don't want fake things. You know, I think that's why we all have such a the back of our neck gets up and we get all crazy whenever we have to deal with like a car dealer or someone that we perceive that is sort of one upping us in our level of knowledge and valuation about the product that we're buying. And we feel like it's just a shell game and it's a manipulation and there's this whole, you know, kabuki dance that goes on that, you know, oh, I don't know if this, we can't do this price, but we can only do that price. And oh, let me go talk to my finance manager. And then the finance manager finally comes out and talks to you. And, you know, it's just this whole rigmarole. And you and I don't like that because we feel like it's not authentic and we feel like it's not representative of who we are. Then that's fine. Don't make your sales process like that. Make it transparent make it easy. You can be value-based and service-based and still sell to the highest level to all of your podcast listeners in whatever you do in life, whether you get a paycheck from a company that pays you, whether you are self-employed, whether you're a business owner, whether you're a practitioner or some sort of a private practice person. It doesn't matter where you fit into the global economy, but your family and you do not eat until somebody somewhere buys something. If nobody buys anything, and that's what we're dealing with right now, we're all in a situation where we're being locked down and businesses that we like to patronize are not selling anything. They won't let us have their products. They won't service the restaurant dinners that we want. They won't let us order things online because it's not essential to fighting what we're fighting right now globally. But here's the thing. Whether you like the sales process or whether you like to be sold or whether you have hangups about coming across and being perceived by your audience as being salesy or too salesy. Let me say this, nobody in this entire world eats without somebody somewhere making a sale. Now, you can decide that you want to be further down the food chain than the actual point of sale. And then that means you can become non-essential or redundant or maybe get replaced or whatever if, you know, if, if sales aren't what they need to be by someone else down the line. Me, I would rather have control over the process. I would rather try to change the process or change the perception and try to make it a process that lines up with my values and lines up with any sort of integrity that I want to put out there. I don't want to do things to trick people and I don't want to do things to take advantage of people. But at the same time, if you're like most podcasters and you've been podcasting for a while, my goodness gracious, you have given a ton of value away for free. You have. You have probably, and you hear people say it in business sometimes, oh, give away your best stuff for free. Well, you probably have. You've probably given away so much value that you will never get paid for in the future. So at some point in time, it's okay for you to call in a favor, right? And say, you know what? I normally give things away for free. However, free is not a sustainable business model. But what you also need to understand 
Now, if you truly feel like you have something that can change the world, then you should have no apologies whatsoever about charging for it. And there's a couple reasons for that. Number one, just like I said, free is not a sustainable business model for you. You will not be continuing, be able to continue providing free content forever if nobody's paying for your time. You know why? Because the pressures of providing for your family, putting a roof over your head, and everything in, our, in your life becoming more expensive will not stop just because you've decided to give away something for free. So you've got to be able to charge. But here's the other side of that. When people pay, they pay attention. Whenever you buy something and you put money behind it, especially when you don't really have that money to spare and you put that money behind something, whether it's a course, a product, a service, a program, whatever it is you're buying, you suddenly pay attention to that. You suddenly want a return on your investment. And everybody knows that when you give something away for free, the perceived value is that there is no value in it. And people think, well, why should I pay attention right now? Because it's going to be free today. It's going to be free tomorrow. It's going to be free six weeks from now. And why should they pay? Well, the only reason they don't pay is because we allow them to continue to get it for free. And this is one of those things where I have such a heart, I guess you would call it, for podcasters, because so many of you have been sold this, I don't want to say golden ticket, but get into podcasting. It's a great way to make money. You can build an audience, you can monetize it, but you have no idea how. And you have to have a secret closet hobby of marketing in order for this to happen. You're stuck trying to grow your audience and you're putting all kind of money into social media ads. You, you wonder why you haven't monetized yet. And there is zero that you're selling to your audience. Well, if you walked in a store and nothing was for sale, would it surprise you that that store is eventually going to close? If they're not selling anything and you can't buy anything and you walk in as a customer and say, hey, what do you have? And they say, oh, we will show you how to use all these cool things, but we don't sell them to you. What's the point? That store is not going to be there, not going to be able to serve people for very long. And what you're putting up is sort of like an online store, but you just don't have anything for sale. So it shouldn't be that much of a foregone conclusion as to why you haven't monetized your podcast if you're not selling things. Now, the other part is you have to realize that this global pandemic is causing a huge shift within your audience. The listeners that previously had 35 excuses as to why they weren't ready and why they couldn't take that plunge for your high ticket program, or they couldn't do this, that or the other, or I'm, you know, I'm not able to invest in myself right now, because my day job is keeping me completely occupied. And it's going to be years before I'm going to be able to leave that. Well, you know what, now some times have changed. These times, these, these uh, pandemic times have caused a shift in our values, it's caused almost a, a values recalibration. To where as sort of we've taken a pause globally on our lives and our business, do you know what's going to happen whenever things start back up? We're not just going to jump right back in where we left off. People have suddenly begun to value things that are truly important. They've begun to value 
the space that they've given themselves now because they're not rushing everywhere. They're not going from activity to mindless activity, and they actually have time to stop and think right now. I was editing a podcast the other day for a nonprofit that helps teenagers, and they once a month have a podcast with four teenagers, and these teenagers happen to all be seniors in high school. Seniors in high school during a global pandemic year should, let's just say they, I'm not going to say they should, but they could reasonably be expected to be some of the most bitter people in the world. But I was absolutely amazed at what these kids said were important to them. One girl said, you know what? My cross-country team isn't practicing anymore. So what I've done for myself is I get up and have made myself an exercise routine every day. And I've set goals for, for kind of these new personal bests and when I want to hit them through my exercise routine. And sometimes, you know what? My brother does them with me, too, and we compete against each other. And I would have never done that because he would have been at soccer practice and I would have been at cross-country practice and we would have never had that time together to go running or to do our wind sprints or whatever. You know what another girl said? She said, you know what? I've always wanted to do a bullet journal. And suddenly now when my schedule is a little more free and I have time to fill it with things that I really want to do, I've now created a bullet journal and I'm actually finding myself more productive with the things that I really want to do. There was a senior boy who said, you know what, this, he's kind of said, I'm kind of a little bit embarrassed to admit this, but you know what, my friends and I have actually taken to actual writing each other letters like mail, like you put a, you write it out on paper, you lick an envelope and you put a stamp on it. And he's like, it's like we get so excited whenever we actually go to the mailbox and we see a handwritten letter from one of our friends. And those are things that we're treasuring now because we're not able to spend time together. But those are sort of like some old school things that used to be just part of our culture. I used to go to summer camp back in the, (laughs) I'm not even going to say what decade it was, and you would leave summer camp and you couldn't wait till like a week or so later, you'd start getting letters from people that you became friends with. And now you're going to be pen pals till next year when you could room together again at camp. And these kids have grown up in a completely digital world. They've never had a home with no internet in it. They've never not had devices on them. (laughs) You know, they've never lived a life pre-device. So the funny thing about it is all of these things that they were saying, it's almost like kids now, seniors in high school, were getting a small taste of what lifestyle design is. Because no one was saying you have to get up at six o'clock in the morning to cram breakfast down your throat and rush out to school and be sleepy through half the classes and be bored to death through half the classes and then get done and rush off to practice and come home and uh, grab a pizza on the way home and bring it to help feed your brothers and sisters because mom and dad are working late tonight and then we'll catch up later as a family and oh, maybe this weekend we'll pack it with other activities and practices and workouts and other events that we're supposed to do. People are having time. To say, you know what, I think that I just got so busy before that I couldn't see what was really important. I couldn't even have the thinking space to evaluate what's really important. So you have people in your audience that have these shifting values and what you might be able to create for them and what you might be able to lead them toward in their lives 
is what is now going to be their next important thing or their next big mission. A lot of people's jobs are not going to be what they used to be. I've talked to teachers and my gosh, bless their hearts right now for having to adapt to a completely online space. But I talked to one the other day and she said, uh, she's a friend and she said, teaches high school. And she said, oh my gosh, she said, I can do my teaching in like three hours a day. And I am actually loving this. She's not a real technology person either. So it's not like this was just an easy transition. But she said to me, I am finding that there was so much wasted time with just useless, busy crap at school. And we could actually probably get in the entire learning accomplished in about four hours a day in school, rather than spending eight to 10 to 11 hours a day, they're just going through the motions. So I think there's going to be like people have seen what is possible. They've seen now that things that they were always told were impossible. You know, you've got people that used to work at places that were so hardcore of, no, there's no telecommuting, there's no remote workforce, we're all going to be here because we have to keep an eye on you and we have to, you know, monitor your every move because we don't trust you that you'll do the right thing and we're paying for your time and we can't pay you for your time if we can't monitor it. And you know what? There are some of those workforces that will never go back into the office again. There are some companies that will say, we have now realized that we don't need an office in order to do it. So they're going to get rid of, I mean, what a terrible time to be a commercial real estate investor. But this is the reality of what's going to happen. People are saying that, that, that things are shifting. So you need to be part of that shift too. And you need to be poised to offer your listeners things that maybe six weeks, eight weeks, 10 weeks ago wasn't even on their radar. But now it is. How are you going to lead them? And if you truly believe that you can impact the world and change lives and you are bought and sold and giving your life for the mission that you have with your podcast, then my goodness, you had better create products and services that will bring others that are willing along with you. Because this is real talk here. If you continue to create, waste your time in free content creation mode, there is never anyone that is going to tap you on the shoulder and say, oh, by the way, it's time to monetize your podcast now. And it's just going to be easy. You just press the easy button. No, it's not going to be like that. You're going to have to create things. You're going to have to test offers. You're going to have to get feedback from your audience about what they need from you. But once you do that, it's a very simple formula. What do you need? How can I help you? Great. Here's what I created to meet that exact need. And you go from there and then you begin building out a value ladder of how you want your business to be able to take customers through the customer journey so that people can start wherever you can serve them best in that customer journey and ascend to your higher ticket, or if you want them to come in at your high ticket offer, you can do a reverse ascension model and have them downsold on smaller things. So, I mean, there's so many different business models and all of them can work. They can work for different things, but if you don't offer them and you don't implement them, you're going to be sitting here with hundreds of episodes, zero dollars, and you're just waiting for some sponsor somewhere to tell you, 
oh, I'd like to throw you $50 an episode for you to get for me to get in front of your audience and for you to give me a shout out. And you know what? Your time is worth a whole lot more than that. And your audience is worth a whole lot more than that. So don't you dare think that the highest form of monetization in a podcast is sponsorship because it is not. There are people that are making a killing in podcasting. And it's, I'm going to be honest with you, many times it's not because they started a podcast based on a mission and a value-based podcast. Not saying they don't have values, but a mission-based podcast. They didn't start because they wanted to change the world. They started their business because they wanted to change the world. And they realized the best method for getting free traffic and organic traffic to their business was to create a podcast and use that podcast to drive listeners to their existing business model and their offer, which is completely the opposite of what so many podcasters have started, where you just go out and create content and whoever you can get and get all the big people in your niche and those people will help you get listeners. Let me tell you this, most of the time on a launch, the bigger the fish you have at the beginning, the more of a waste of time it becomes for you because you know what, that big fish is not going to share your podcast with their audience. Their audience has already heard everything they're telling your people. So they don't want to market it to their audience again. They're already on to other things, right? So you're not great at, in the beginning. You're not great at doing interviews. You don't have a built-in audience. You're not going to make a massive impression with that big fish in your niche. And they're not going to give you the time of day as far as promoting what you're doing to their audience. So just trying to get some of these myths out of the way so we know where we're talking from. And we're just basically talking about real things that are going to move the needle for your podcast monetization. You have to get over your mental blocks and reframing money and your relationship with it. And I I struggle whether to tell this or not, but I, I had a, a mentor one time that would, would tell me, and I've heard it before, it's not, it's not like this is unique advice to anyone, but they, you know, they were trying to encourage me to think bigger. Uh, this was back at the time when I was an employee and I was basically selling my soul to my company for pennies on the dollar, right? It seemed like. And they said, you need to start thinking bigger. You need to not let bigger numbers scare you. And it did. Bigger numbers scared me. And they they basically said, whatever terms that you're comfortable thinking in, if you're, con, you know, in ter- comfortable thinking of, well, if I made $10,000 a month, you know what? Put another zero on it and start thinking about making $100,000 a month. If you're comfortable put, paying, you know, $1,000 for coaching, put another zero on it and pay $10,000 for coaching. Everything you do, add a zero to it and begin to level up your thinking. And I did that in a big way about seven years ago. And I'll save that story for another episode where we can talk about some of our limiting beliefs. But I, you know, in seven years, I went from employee working at a job that did not appreciate me, that I was driving two hours each way to get there. Hint, the story turns out great because I used those two hours as Automobile University and educated myself about business and podcasting. And guess what? Seven years later, I'm about to hit seven figures with that knowledge that I gained driving to and from my job that didn't appreciate me. So who gets to laugh last on that one? I do. 
It was all for the best. But I had to start thinking bigger and you have to start thinking bigger too. And every time you find yourself being paralyzed by a money block, you know what? Do something crazy. Turn around and give something away. Give it away. If you feel like you are having to hold on to everything so tight, then you're focused on holding on to everything so tight and your hand isn't even open to accept more that's coming into the the universe has for you. So open up your hand and give out whatever you can to other people so that then the universe can give it back to you. I firmly believe that you get in direct proportion to what you give. And part of your reason for wanting to monetize your podcast and wanting to make yourself a sustainable business from your podcast Yes, it needs to be about money so that you can live and you can eat and whatever. But you know what? Whenever you have the money to live, you have the time to make an impact. And that's where we all want to get to where that we're creating something that doesn't run our lives, but sustains us financially and grows it to a point so that we can give back and have more impact on the things in this world that are important to us. That is the beauty of entrepreneurship. And you're not just a podcaster. If you're in this space, you are an entrepreneur. So embrace that moniker, wear it as a label that you're proud of. And let's figure out over the next several episodes, we're going to talk about some of the ways you can begin monetizing your podcast. It is especially helpful if you've got a huge podcast archive that you're sitting here that you've know you know you've been podcasting for years now and you've never monetized, which unfortunately I know hundreds of podcasters in this situation. But the good news is you love podcasting, so you're going to keep doing it anyway, even when you're not making money. So what an amazing thing it'll be when you can make money doing it. So that's what we're going to talk about. Listen, keep selling during the pandemic. If people can't buy that's okay. Move on. But there are people that can buy. There are people right now that are buying things that aren't serving them. They're buying non-essential things from Amazon and they're, you know, impulse buying and other things online because it's gotten so easy. So why not give them the opportunity to buy something that will change their lives? That's what you're there for. So that's the thought I'm going to leave you on today. The final words, it's okay to sell. It will help our economic recovery for more people to be selling more things and beginning to have buyers. Because you know what? When my business is sustainable through the pandemic, you know what happens? Everyone that gets money from me on a regular basis, whether it's the people I do grocery shopping with, the person that cleans my house, the person that fixes my car, the person who does repairs on my house, all of those people continue to make money and we continue to have the economy working in our little neck of the woods and your little, uh, let me call it an ecosphere, not as in environmentally friendly, but as in economic sphere. And that's what we want. So I'm going to leave you with that today and join us next time for another episode of Podcast Monetization Secrets. Have a great one. 
Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like to continue the conversation about how to monetize your podcast, I want to invite you to join our private Facebook group. Just go to facebook.com forward slash podcast monetization secrets and click the button to join. And then I'll see you on the inside.